We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 45, the Meteorological Winter, Tornadoes, and Snow Edition. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> we had tornadoes in the area the other day. Did you did you notice that? Oh yeah, it was pretty crazy. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> let's go in order. We have meteorological winter. Which well, is, that comes every year on yeah, December 1st. On December 1st. And for those people who don't know, it differs from astronomical winter, which this year occurs on the 21st of December. And the difference between meteorological seasons and the astronomical seasons is, well, there's several reasons, but basically it's record keeping because, right. because the uh, actual astronomical day falls differently every year you could you know next year it could be the 22nd or the 23rd or the 20th and then and that just makes a nightmare for record i want to understand the meteorological winter is the coolest three months of the year yeah that's what they that's basically the definition of that and i i wouldn't be disappointed if they would just make that the official winter because it's cold on december 1st normally you know well, i consider this that year i consider that you know <laughs> Possible snow and possible wind. It's 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 chilly. It's I don't consider it fall. Fall the, right. the leaves are done by December first. Right, right, right. So you know it wouldn't break my heart just to call it winter. Well, that would be good. I mean, we just we just got through Thanksgiving, so really yeah. Christmas is next. So that right. would make total sense to do that. You know, but it it was it was kind of nice, kind of an average Thanksgiving. I mean, it was well, 50s, it was sixties. You know, yeah, it's kind of going up and down. You know, yeah. you're going to have nice days, and then you're going to have cold days. Well, and I think the past couple of years, it's it's been just so it, a lot warmer than it is. I mean, this is kind of an anomaly. We've already had some snow in the Ozarks, uh, and oddly enough, that powerful spring-like storm system that came through on uh, the, the 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 eve of meteorological winter. Well, by the time I got here, it was meteorological winter. We yeah, got our December warning 1st. well after midnight here. It was. So that's one way Mother Nature's welcoming in this meteorological winter. Uh, a big line of severe thunderstorms came through and caused a lot, a lot of damage. And, and I've been reading a lot on, on that. And believe it or not, December severe weather and tornadoes are not that uncommon. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, dynamically, I think we talked last week or, or the week or two uh, podcast before, like uh, in January, like on mm-hmm. January 7th, my dad's birthday, we had a massive tornado go through mm-hmm. uh, the Ozarks. So, I mean, it just goes to show tornadoes and severe weather can happen any month out of the year. Anytime. It's, it's possible anytime. Uh, of course, it's spring, you're going to get, you know, the larger ones. Right. But... We had some pretty large ones for this time of year 
on December 1st and or November 30th and December 1st. Yeah, this year was a little unusual. I don't remember having severe weather last year or the year before or the year before that. I mean, around this time period. I think we uh, are in a completely different pattern this year. I agree. And I don't think it's completely contributing or co- contributive of El Nino. I mean, we're, we're going agree. into it, but it's not like a massive, powerful El Nino. I mean, we're, we're sliding into it right now. It's going to see surface temperatures around the equator uh, west of South America are getting a little bit warmer, but that's only one factor. So, you know, we've been unusually cold uh, under the average for November. I mean, yes. we were, and we're still cold. I mean, the average high for this time of year around here is 50 or 51. And, and that would be a good day for me, you know? Yeah. It's been pretty chill. Today, we were didn't make it out of the 30s. Oh, no. No, it was cold today. And that's January and February almost. I mean, yeah, you're going to have colder days in January and February, but that's, you know, it's, it's chilly for this time of year. Yeah, and that storm system, and I got to tell you, that storm system was quite weird because it, it came up, uh, and of course, it was north west of us so that puts us in the warm sector so it got it got warm and you know all the models everybody was saying you know severe weather was i mean the storm prediction center tagged it well at first they tagged southern arkansas into louisiana Uh, yeah that was was a few days out yeah and then the day before they popped it up and put us in the in the slight and i thought man they really that's quite a shift oh yeah way to the northwest in one day exactly it shifted. I woke up. Am I reading this right? What? And and uh, there were more tornadoes and damage in Missouri than there was down south in Arkansas that night. I know, and that's where the in Arkansas was where the enhanced risk right. was. Right. Which which was weird because I mean, and they had their they had a few tornado tornadic cells down that way. But they did. I mean, but we had more. You've got data on that. Is like where we had. What six of them up here in Southwest Missouri? There were six tornadoes. Yeah, I'll bring that up. Uh, we had one in uh, in Barry County near Monette. Okay, and uh, it tells the date was actually officially hit on December first. Mm-hmm. So was that the one in Aurora? Monette, this is at twelve fifteen a.m. This was in Monette. That's the Monette one. Okay, there were two. Okay, in, in Lawrence County. Uh, Monette was an EF zero. The uh, estimated peak winds was only 80 miles an hour, and the path link was only a tenth of a mile. It was a tiny thing. Oh, that just dropped down and up. The maximum width was 50, 50 yards. But then you had Aurora, and it was an EF1. The peak winds were 100 miles an hour. The path link was path linked was only half of a mile, half of a mile, and the max width was 50 yards. Unfortunately, they had a fatality. Yeah, at a hotel there, a motel there in Aurora, hmm. and uh, it touched down two miles south of Aurora, tracked northeast to the Aurora Motel, where one fatality occurred. Oh, that was the EF one, correct? That was the EF one, and man, they've been hit a couple of times in the last year. Yes, they have. I remember pulling up that graphic where a tornado. Uh, I have to check the date, but yeah, it was within about six months ago. They had some heavily damaged areas around, or was the Sutherland's store was pretty heavily damaged, mm-hmm. along with that hotel, which was across the street from their Walmart. So, unfortunately, they did have a fatality. Uh, yeah. The next tornado was in Christian County, which is not too far from here in Billings, 
It was also an EF1 with a peak winds of 100 miles an hour. That's what that tornado warning was. I mean, it wasn't totally mm-hmm. in Christian County, but that panhandle, that's around Billings. Moved, that makes it, sense. Yeah. And it was it was a little larger. The path length was 1.2 miles, and the width was 75 yards. Ooh. We didn't have any injuries or deaths with that one. But it touched down 1.5 miles south of Billings and tracked north-northeast and lifted one mile south of Billings. So, I mean, it, it stayed away from the town of Billings, which is a good thing. Yeah. So, well, with each with each report you're telling, they're getting stronger and staying on the ground longer. The next pneumonia. one, yeah. the next one was in Republic. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Right County. next door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it happened at twelve forty seven a.m. It was also an EF one with uh, the peak winds were ninety five miles an hour. Now the path length to this one was two and a half miles long. Uh, the max width was sixty yards. No injuries or deaths reported with this one. It touched down three miles west of Republic and tracked northeast into the western city limits of Republic. Now, I did see some pictures in Republic of some some pretty good damage of this one. Oh, see, I missed that one. Wow. It, it hit two large barns. They were totally destroyed. And, and there were numerous trees uprooted, just brought out of the Holy ground. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. Several homes were damaged, With uh, had some minor roof damage. And then later in the uh, evening, you had one in uh, Seymour, Missouri, in Webster County. It was also an EF-1. It was a 90-mile-an-hour peak winds. Now, this one was four miles long. Wow. So <laughs> They just keep getting longer right. and longer and longer. Wow. And then you had one near Hartville. It was a tiny one. It was only an EF-0, 70-mile-an-hour uh, winds with uh, a path length of a quarter of a mile. So, but... This is December, and we're not used to the spring-like storm system we had that that night. Yeah, and it, 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 it yeah, the spring the spring-like storm system. I mean, this is different. We always talk about this. This this is these frontline spin-up type tornadoes. Right. They're not like a it's not one a single supercell, supercell type yeah. tornado. Yeah, yeah, and so they're generally weaker. They generally don't last long. And but I mean, it's still a tornado because they can do a lot of damage. Right. Uh, even though the one was only on the ground for like a mile or less than a mm-hmm. mile or something. And, and, and we got some damage reports out of that. And this is a classic, again, a classic example. If you look at radar, it's just one long squall line. And we knew that was going to happen because the dynamics were so strong. There was a lot of wind shear that night. Yeah. Not a whole lot of instability, but a lot of wind shear. Mm-hmm. That's because that low was so deep up there. And I noticed... I think it was the uh, 7 o'clock update of the day one convective outlook Mm -hmm. is when they really expanded that enhanced area into Oklahoma. And it wasn't a couple hours later. You had a huge, long-track tornado coming out of Oklahoma uh, up into Delaware County. It was on the ground for over an hour. Oh, yeah, and the TV station. You sent me the yeah. link to that TV we station. Were, which is we were tracking that and watching that on on, on streaming online. Mm-hmm. And Von Caster, who is a storm channel or a storm chaser for KOTV, he, he had it. He actually, we every time, a couple times when it lightning, you could see it. And they, they actually stilled the shot. Oh. And you can see a wedge tornado Whoa. on the ground. And w- <sighs> to me, when you see a wedge tornado, and it looked like a pretty good sized one. And it's on the ground that long. That's not no spin up. No, 
No, that that right there is supercell right. oriented, and I think that's before the line came through, wasn't it? Well, it was associated with the line, actually. See, that's unusual. It is, you know, because because we had some severe events ahead of that line because they were talking about it, you know, because we were in the warm sector, and then the line come through. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, the that's, line being the cold front, right, right, right. But that's that's a little unusual for it to have something. I bet. I mean, was that a three? That was only it was, was a, a two. It was between an F one and an F two. The whole time, the whole time. It was no kidding, it yeah. just stayed it on the ground. It didn't go any bigger than a two, but it was a long track, dangerous tornado. Wow. Any tornado that's on the ground that long is going to be, you know, dangerous. Oh yeah, didn't have any reports of any fatalities like Good. in Aurora. Good. But it did do a lot of damage. Well, and I can't. I when when those tornadoes happen down there in Oklahoma, I keep watching for Fayetteville because I've got family down there. Well, it was right next door, right? You know, around it, Fort Smith, and it, it didn't kept going lift northeast. until Delaware County, which is the county right next to Washington County, where Fayetteville is oh. in Arkansas. Yeah, we we were watching it. We we were watching it close. But the weird thing is, like you were saying a while ago, the enhanced risk was down in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really an enhanced. Ri- risk for southern missouri well there was just a little sliver of a slight risk yeah 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 at that at that one outlook it gone down to marginal and i thought yeah and then really it came we're back, not gonna do anything then it came back to slight and that's why that's why i posted because i thought okay looking at the you know everybody knows we look at the storm prediction center we rely heavily on them because they know what they're talking about and it we went down to marginal it's like oh okay well it doesn't look like the the risk level is going to be you know, conducive of tornadoes. We might get some severe events or whatever. And then all of a sudden they pop that tornado watch and they're like, yeah. okay, so that's why I had to go live. And that was twice. after 10 o'clock at 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I had to go live again because at mm-hmm. first I said, nah, it's not going to happen. Then they pop that tornado watch. And I'm like, oh, I got to go back live well, again. I'll say this, you know, there are certain storm systems that come through and I'm not really feeling much of anything's going to happen. I had a weird feeling on this one. Yeah. That, we were going to have, and I even texted you, I think we're going to have some spin-ups come through Missouri. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I just had a weird feeling that this was going to happen. It felt to me almost like the ninth that there was another fatality in the month of December. It was about 12, 14 years ago. I can't tell you the exact date. It was in mm-hmm. Chesapeake, Missouri. There was a fatality at a mobile home park. But it was in December. It was actually more like 2002. But... uh the night felt very similar to that one. Yeah. So I had a weird, strange feeling that we were in for something that night. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in, it's, in December, people don't think tornadoes in severe weather. They think, they're, they're, you know, that, that's gone. They're on their way to snow. They are. At that point. Thank goodness for stormed our weather. Yeah. I mean, we're That's covered 24 7. <laughs> well, I was going to say that that storm said the line went through uh, that that night, overnight, but the low itself never moved. Yeah. It hung around Topeka, Kansas City, and just spun, and it was super low. I mean, the distance between Kansas City well, and the next City day here, was, I mean, it crazy was windy here. V- yes. I lost some, I lost my clock over my pool on Saturday. It's, now shattered. Oh, it fell man. off the wall on Saturday. It didn't fall off the wall during the storms and all that damage we had in the Branson area. But it was the wind on Saturday. But, but Saturday <laughs> took care of it, which is weird. Maybe it got loosened on Friday night. I don't know. Well, I looked at the at my barometer. You know, good weather people always have barometers in their house. And the average, you know, I mean, we see put average in air quotes. Barometric pressure range 
is like from 29.8 to maybe 30.1, somewhere around in there. My barometer was reading 29.28. That's that's cool. That's insane. Yeah. And and that's more than likely probably why the wind was there, because I, I would just oh, yeah, love definitely. to have found out what the barometric pressure was in Kansas City. I should have checked, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I was just so I made a post about it. It's like that's really weird. So if you're suffering from any ailments like bone joint things, I bet everybody was probably achy that day. I was actually. Uh, I, I was. Can, I, I can was. always feel it in my legs. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. And pe- and people always ask if there's any validity that, to that. I think a lot of this is anecdotal, but I do know when the pressure changes. You know, people say, oh, the pressure's really high. You know, I should be hurting. Well, it's not that it's high or that it's low. It's how fast it changes. changes. A lot of people say, oh, it's going to storm. I, I feel it's going to rain. I feel it in my legs. It's not the rain or the storm. It's the pressure changes. Pressure falling. Right. Yeah, if it's going to storm or whatever. Wow. And we also heard, uh, this was yesterday, in Illinois, there were 22 reports of tornadoes. There were some... <laughs> 15 now, confirmed. And, and, and not spin-up tornadoes either. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Those were more of a supercell with a hook type tornado. That's what, yeah, spring. that's the, uh, the springtime storm. And they yeah. got some great video of those tornadoes. Amazing video for December. And uh, they had quite a bit of damage up there. Yeah, I, I saw a couple of them, a couple of those videos, and I was just in awe. I mean, you had, you had the wall cloud. You they were pretty the, tornadoes. They, if yeah. there's such a thing as a pretty tornado, right. I think there is. <laughs> but they were very photogenic tornadoes. Yeah, I call I call it a marvel of Mother Nature. There you go. And, and again, we say this every spring. It, you know, we love love looking at the tornadoes. We don't really love the damage of the tornado but but the, the mother nature the way she just inspires the clouds and everything it's just really cool so we we're more into the the only thing that could have make them more pretty uh-huh and you get these in western oklahoma because they have red dirt and you get those oh. red dirt tornadoes and that red dirt goes up into the funnel and Ooh. if you have the sun if you have clearing to the west of it, uh-huh. it's it's more of a silhouette of red dirt, a red dirt tornado. Those are the most prettiest photogenic tornadoes oh, we've ever seen. Oh, I'm going to Google that after you the podcast to. is over. I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all this this big spring storm system finally moved out. Uh, it, it brought in some cold air behind it. And now, I mean, we're recording this on Monday night. Monday night, yeah. And uh, there, there has been a lot of chatter about potential winter weather this weekend. So uh, the, we got to tell you, the models have been latching onto this for a few days. And, and they've been cons- consistent. Con- yeah. And not only consistent in... in uh, What's gonna what they think is gonna happen, but they they're all saying the same thing basically. Yeah, yeah. What we do know is yes, a storm system is coming on board. There's going to be some snow in the area, but it's hard to track where exactly that's. That's happen. what we don't know because the problem is we need to sample this storm with our upper air network, and it's still out in the ocean right now. And it'll probably be coming on board, I'm thinking, I think they're thinking Wednesday at some point. So once that storm gets on board, then we can start sending all these radio sons up there, start sampling well, By that it. time that happens, we're three days out. Yeah. So the short, shorter term models are going to start picking up on it. Yeah. 
Uh, that, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm wanting the Nam. I want the Wharf. Right. I want. I mean, the the Her. That only goes out 18 hours. That's a really short term model. But there's there's our gym. There's tons of them that are shorter term. That's what I'm waiting on. So. You know, some models are saying, "Oh, it could be six to twelve inches of snow," and other models are saying, "Yeah, maybe an inch." So I must say, and I, yeah. I, I've done a little bit of research today and yesterday. It is a little rare for all the model or for most of the models to be plotting the same thing. Yeah, that far out. Uh, yeah, a week out. Right. Mm, that that's when we start raising our eyebrows, and that's why I put it in the something to watch category. Correct. Uh, not dismissing it. So, you know, and people are asking, you know, how much snow do you think we'll get? It's literally impossible to say right now. And the gradient could be huge. You could have, oh, yeah. You could have, you know, 15 inches in Harrison and, and two inches in Branson. You never know. Exactly. With, with winter weather. Exactly. I mean, the European, and, and to give you an idea what's going on, and this is a, we, we know they're guessing at this point because the, the GFS will, will paint. You know, six inches of snow in the Ozarks, and the Canadian model will back off and say, well, maybe some four inches down in the Harrison area. And then the GFS will say, well, maybe it's down there. And then the European comes along and says, well, we're going to put it up. I mean, it, they're just all over the place. And with each model run, it changes. It, and that's why we just say, hang out. Don't get excited. Something to watch. You can get it, You can get excited. That we I'll start might, getting excited on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. We know something's coming, but we're not. We, we're just not going to get into it because it's, it's just impossible when, until that thing comes on board. And, and like we said, the high, the normal high is 50 degrees around here. We, it was 30 today. It's going to be like 37 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, the warmest day of the week is going to be Wednesday. And then Thursday is going to be transition day. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're going to be right in that Goldilocks zone. Of, of temperature. We're going to be like 28 degrees to 32, right in that area. That's usually when we get some good snows out of it. Right. Maybe an inch. We don't know. Maybe more. So <laughs> you're just going to have to really keep keep watching our Facebook page. And uh, when we get excited, you can get excited. Exactly. And you need to make a graphic for that. I'm going to Time to get excited. <laughs> if we're not excited, you don't need to be I'll excited. I'll make a toilet paper run graphic. Time the, to get some toilet paper. The bread and milk graphic. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to pull that out quite yet. No. <laughs> because we don't know if it's going to be snow or ice or sleet or whatever. We, so, we hate to say that, ice, but... Yeah. I really don't think... Because because the, the general consensus... Like we said, models are pretty good with temperature, but they're kind of... Eh, they're okay with precipitation. We do know there's another cold chunk coming down. And that's what was in the discussions, that the, the cold chunk's coming down from the northwest. Where it meets up with this, that's the parting question. But right now, it looks like that cold air is going to be moving further south which means we would be in an all-snow area. Yeah. It's, and that's okay. If people like that, then then good for you. <laughs> but we're still, like I said, this is we're headed into Tuesday tomorrow, so we got a few days. Yeah. It'll sneak up on us real fast. We'll, yeah. know more, we'll know more every day. Yeah, a little bit more. I mean, they'll be guessing again tomorrow, pretty much, until yeah, that thing but, gets on, get on board. But, you know, we could have a whole bunch of winter precipitation, and this week's weather school is all about all types of winter precipitation. So let's get to that. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. Hey, it's snowing. No, wait, it's sleeting. I think. 
What's it doing out there? The type of winter precipitation varies quite a bit depending on where the freezing line is located in the atmosphere. Just a tiny change in altitude of the freezing line can make a huge difference in the type of precipitation that falls. Add in an inversion of warmer air, and we've got a complete mess, not to mention a forecasting nightmare. Let's take a look at the different types of winter precipitation and how it forms. Sleet is one type, often mistaken for hail. They are basically the same thing, frozen raindrops, but they are formed very differently. Hail is manufactured from a violent updraft in a thunderstorm. Water droplets are propelled upward at high speeds and freeze once they pass the freezing line way up in the atmosphere. The frozen raindrop then falls down into the warm layer, only to be propelled back up by the updraft. This up and down motion continues until the hailstone is too heavy to be supported by the updraft anymore, then it falls to the ground. If you dissect a hailstone, then you'll be able to see the layers the stone went through in order to form. Hailstones can range from small peas to the size of softballs, depending on the strength of the updraft. Sleet, on the other hand, forms much differently. Snowflakes in the mid to lower layers start to thaw as they fall to the ground, then refreeze, creating ice pellets or sleet. Sleet is generally the size of BBs and doesn't get much bigger. On very rare occurrences, a thunderstorm could form in the winter and we could get sleet and hail. Many times it's hard to tell the difference between the two, but if you look closely, then you'll be able to see the differences. Sleet will generally have an opaque appearance due to the snowflake melting into a raindrop and then refreezing into an ice pellet. Hail is normally harder and many times translucent you can oftentimes see the rings in a hailstone, but sleet is generally one dimension. Freezing rain occurs when warm air in the low to mid levels melts any frozen precipitation into liquid. A shallow layer of much colder below freezing air at the surface is not enough for the raindrop to refreeze, thus it will hit the ground as liquid. And since the surface air is below freezing, then the liquid rain will form a glaze of ice on objects at the surface, which is what we call freezing rain. If this process continues over a long period of time, then it is considered an ice storm. Ice storms can cause incredible damage, bringing down trees and power lines and making travel virtually impossible. Grapple is an interesting thing. Grapple is formed when supercooled liquid water droplets freeze on a snowflake. It's usually smaller than hail, but will look white and sometimes confused with hail or sleet. To tell the difference between the two, pick it up. If it's softer and falls apart, 
than its grapple. The best way I like to describe its appearance is like the cotton portion on a Q-tip. And finally, the most common type of winter precipitation is snow. A pretty frozen dendrite that falls from the sky. There are several kinds of snow, too. One kind is the simple prism. A simple prism is a hexagonal or six-sided snow crystal. These flat snow crystals look like small slivers of a pencil, though they can have ridges and other features. Simple prisms are the smallest of the snow crystal shapes and can't be seen by the naked eye. They are also the first stage of a snow crystal's growth. While some snowflakes keep this shape, others will grow branches and facets and take on other shapes. Stellar plates are flat snow crystals that have six arms stretching out from a hexagonal center. Snow crystals' shapes are partly determined by temperature. These crystals form when the temperature is between 5 and 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Needles are an interesting type of snow crystal. These are, as the name implies, small, thin crystals that resemble needles. They start as flat, long crystals, but as the temperature gets colder, they become three-dimensional needle crystals. Stellared dendrites get their name from the word dendritic, which means tree-like. These snow crystals are what you probably picture when you think of a snowflake. Stellar dendrite snow crystals have branches stretching from the center, and the six branches can also have branches. Fern-like stellar dendrites have six branches that look like the branches of a fern plant. If you've ever experienced powder snow while skiing, you have experienced these fern-like stellar dendrites. These snow crystals can also be seen with a magnifying glass, as they are usually around 5 millimeters in length. Wow, that's a lot of information on winter precipitation. Whether it's snow, sleet, freezing rain, or grapple, you'll now be able to identify the different types and impress your friends. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather school and there you have all sorts of information on different types of winter precipitation i feel educated yeah i mean i didn't realize there was that there, there were, were that many different kinds of snow i mean needle snow and uh, uh just tons of it that could be crazy and powder snow skiers love powder snow oh absolutely yeah and uh yeah so let's uh Let's do something else. Let's get on with This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what you got? This Week in Weather History, there was an Austrian physicist that was born this week in weather history. I'm not going to tell you his name. Okay. But he was born this week. He discovered the phenomenon that explains the pitch of a siren of an ambulance as it passes by. I know. Do you know what that effect is called? I certainly do. What's that? It is called... 
the Doppler effect. You are correct. Yes. Christian Doppler was born this week in 1803. Oh, well, happy birthday. That's yeah. a long time ago for uh, for uh, to be named after uh, the, the coolest invention in, in weather in my lifetime, which yeah. is the Doppler radar. <laughs> yeah. Which basically works the same way. He... He and the Doppler effect enables astronomers to determine the velocities of distant objects. Basically, nice. So well, in the Doppler effect, I mean, it's basically things sends out a beam. Thing you know, on, on a pitch scale, if things come at you, if it's coming at you, the pitch is higher, and then when it passes you, the pitch is lower because the rate that the sound is coming to you changes. So that's why when you you, like on a race car, when they go, mm-hmm. you know, the pitch follows after that. Hey, that's pretty good. I should put that on a on an album or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of race cars. <laughs> yeah, Doppler. And, I mean, they're using that that uh, phenomenon, that, that concept for a lot of things now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the wind, they're using it for wind. They, the, that's how Dop, uh, the WSR-88s can measure wind now through the frequency of the wind and how it's coming back to the radar site. And that's how we get those TVS or tornado vortex signatures. Those are cool. That we saw. Yeah. Anything else on that one? Not on that one. It's just uh, he was born this this week in 1803. 205. Well well before. Uh, no, 215. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well before Doppler radar was around. He didn't have a. He didn't have a radar scope in his pocket. No? For sure. Or on his cell phone back then in the 1800s? I tell you what, in the 90s and early 2000s, if I would have had a self, uh, a radar in my pocket, I would have thought I was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> I I had a cell phone back in the early 2000s, and I looked and looked and looked for a Doppler radar app that would fit my needs, and I could not find one until oh. until radar scope came around and i tell you what it's, oh radar it's scope great. is the bomb oh, and yeah. and we always tell people i mean we still get questions like what 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 is that app you use for radar it's radar scope from uh wdt uh, weather decision technologies you can download it uh on any platform for what like 10 bucks a year mm-hmm. it I used mean, to be only on a mac and iphone but now they have it on android they have it on windows now mm. so yeah, it's very, very, very well worth it. And if you want to upgrade, I mean, you can go up another tier and get the upgrade, which is only a yearly thing. And I read a lot of reviews on that, and the people who aren't as weather savvy complain about it. They don't understand. They don't understand what, what they're looking at. Yeah, so just the basic radar, I mean, it's less than a dollar a month. But I tell you, for what you get, all the different products on there... Oh my lord! It's amazing yes. what 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 they make available to the public. Yeah, it's all the raw data converted. I mean, Absolutely. it's 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 as close to real time as you can get because they get oh, yeah. the actual raw weather radar when the radar goes around to get the actual data and then plot it. So, uh, and it and if you do get radar scope and you don't know how to to operate it, send us a message. Corey and I both are sure. are just are. Not experts. I mean, we're close to And experts. there are a lot of things on there that I don't even... Uh, there, oh, yeah. there are so many options available to professional meteorologists on there. Right. And professional meteorologists, if they're at home and if they're... If, I'm talking broadcast meteorologists, like in Tulsa, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if they're at home, they'll use radar scope and post 
images from radar scope instead of their station dop their actual station Doppler. So, oh yeah, it's it's it, it, it's very uh, trustworthy and 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 it's as close at, to a real professional meteorologist product that you can get on, yeah. on, on a phone. Yeah. So we need to ha- we need to uh, get WDT to to pay us some money because we're average pushing their their what. product there. It was al- it was also <laughs> in conjunction with the University of Oklahoma, which is a huge school for 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 meteorologists. Oh right, yeah. So. Oh yeah, Norman and I mean everybody down there. They storm have, prediction centers. They in have Norman? the uh, I I've been you know on the many storm chasing expeditions I've been on. I, I always see the. The OU mobile Doppler radar. On, oh, on a, how a cool! Huge, it's pulled by a semi on a huge flatbed truck. Really, and it's a dome, and it's just going around. It's amazing. Well, you know, maybe we can get one of those Stormdar. We need one of those, don't we? Stormdar weather radar. Oh, you know that goes. That goes Stormdar weather radar. We it sure do does. <laughs> well, we're going to we're going to keep dreaming about that, but uh, let's get on to the next segment. Well, I have one more. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. One more. Okay. Uh, well, okay. well, we have the 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 Gemini meteor shower coming up within the next week. December thirteenth is going to be your your peak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on on this week uh, in weather history in nineteen fifty four, the only. Uh, documented time someone was hit by a meteorite happened. No way. It's only happened one time in recorded history. Oh my God. Someone was actually hit by a meteorite. Her name was Ann Hodges, and it happened in Alabama in, on November 30th of 1954. A nine pound meteorite came to the ceiling and bounced off her radio. And hit her on the thigh. It caused a huge, huge bruise. Oh man! I, well, I think coming from the sky. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> wow. Now this caused a little. It caused more problems later than it caused at the time it hit her. Yeah, it hurt. I'm sure. But she went into all kinds of legal disputes with her landlady about who owned the meteorite. Once it hit the house. Interesting. So uh, she went through all kinds of legal battles and ended up uh, dying early uh, through stress that was that that went along with being hit by a meteorite. <laughs> oh, man. She, she died, you know, at, at 52 years of age. Uh, but uh, evidently it was a pretty good-sized meteorite because her neighbors found a piece of it outside and her neighbors were able to, uh, it was a much smaller piece mm-hmm. and her neighbors bought a house and a car with the piece they found. Oh man. Because it was already famous for hitting the, 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 the right. girl. It was called the Hodges meteorite. Her last name was Hodges. So okay. it was already a pretty famous. And it was in the news. So any piece you're going to find of it, you know, it was pretty popular. So I, it sold, you know, for quite a bit of money, so they were able to buy some stuff with it. I'm curious to how big it was. Uh, it was nine pounds. Well, I know, but, but, I don't know how. but you know, if you have nine pounds of feathers, correct, and nine pounds of lead, nine nine pounds of lead is going to be small. Well, the 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 meteorite that they found later, that they bought the house and the car with, was less than half the size. Okay, I'll tell you that. I don't know how big that the meteorite that was that, that was originally. That, yeah, right. 
Because if they do, if they do lead, I mean, lead weighs a ton. Sure, uh, all sorts of metals. But then you have aluminum. If it had, I mean, meteorites—they got lots of stuff out there. What was it made of, and where is it now? Ooh, I don't know. Hodges. To, I would, did you say Hodges? Hodges meteorite? It was Ann Hodges was her name. She was thirty-four years old. She was napping under a bunch of quilts. Of course. Now, <laughs> maybe that quilt, maybe the bunch of quilts. I assume would have dampened the effect. She still got a huge bruise, but what if she wasn't under those quilts? Oh, it probably would have injured her very badly. But it's the only only person in recorded history that has been ever directly hit by a meteorite. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Man. I think I think uh once we uh, get into the uh weather word of the week, I'm going to look up and see exactly how big that meteorite is if they have that information available mm-hmm. i'm curious you got my curious curiosity peaked now Corey. so l- let's do that let's get to the next segment it's the weather word of the week and before we get to the stormed our weather weather word of the week we we took a pause and we looked up that the size of that uh, Hodges meteorite was grapefruit size. Grapefruit size, yeah. And that's you know, it broke up right before it hit because her neighbor found some, so it was bigger than that it's before a grapefruit. Because I'm thinking like a bowling ball. Yeah, well, it probably was that before it it broke up. I mean, because yeah. you know they break up yeah, before it hit the atmosphere. It was probably huge. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, grapefruit well, and, size. And what you were saying, I mean, you showed me the picture. It could have been a burn because when those things are traveling through the air at sixty-five million miles an hour, I mean, there, there's friction. So that probably was smoking. It's probably smoking. Well, I'm sure it was a bruise also as well. I mean, it was I'm glad it, was it didn't great. catch her house. And I'm glad it didn't kill More her. More dense than a like getting hit by a. Hailstone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Okay, we just wanted to clear that up. So now on with the Stormdar weather, weather word of the week, and that is... Snow ratio. Yeah, it's a phrase, You hear a lot about that (laughs) in the the winter, you know, 10 to 1 or 13 to 1. Or 2 to 1, Well, snow ratio expresses how much uh, volume of snow you're going to get for a, a given volume of water. Typically, a ratio of 10.1 means that every 10 inches of snow equals one inch of water. Yeah, 10 to 1, yeah. So, you know, you get Mm -hmm. in the spring or any other time of year, you get an inch of rain. Mm -hmm. Well, during that snowstorm, that inch of rain is going to equal 10 inches of snow. Yes. And that's that's what they consider an average amount, an average snow, like a Mm -hmm. typical typical snow now when you get into uh for for a reference uh we talked about powder snow a while ago uh powder snow is very dry that's more like a 20 to 1 ratio maybe 25 to 1 ratio so there's more more dryness in it so it would take 20 to 25 inches of that powder snow to make that and and another example which uh, I love is when the temperature it's raining and you get that rain snow mix and you're driving along and all of a sudden the raindrops hitting your windshield as you're driving suddenly have a little bit of shape to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's more like a two to one ratio. It's like where the raindrop is just starting to to switch over. So that is the snow ratio, and we will be using that a lot. And I'm going to start posting that. Uh, on there, and I think now's a good time to ring up. If you we do get a snow, mm-hmm. take pictures and 
a couple podcasts ago, we we talked about getting a picture of a snowflake. <gasps> you you need it. to promote that on the site now. I agree. I just yeah. thought of it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a little contest. And I, you know what? I have a bunch of Storm Dar shirts at home. I'll even <gasps> nice give one away for the best picture we get. Oh, or do a little drawing or something uh, of uh, of a snowflake. So uh-huh. what I'm going to ask is zoom in as much as you can, whether on your phone or a nice camera, to uh-huh. a snowflake and get as clear and close to one snowflake as you can. Right. And see what we can come up with. Oh, and there will be a winter. We'll have to, yeah, we'll, we'll work out the details right. here. Oh, that would be so cool. And it would be great on the site and we could show people. And uh, it's cool. And you know what? If it's really, really good and it snows, we we, we might upgrade it to a forecast pick. Ooh. So that, that's a that's a biggie for Stormdar weather. We <laughs> have our forecast picks and we use the ones. But uh, uh, so maybe next spring we'll do that for one. And maybe next spring we'll have another contest. Sounds right. good. Wow. Well, to wrap up, welcome to meteorological winter. Uh, tornadoes happen. It's cold now. It's going to snow. So maybe with all that, you got anything else? <laughs> I think we're good. I think I'm done. I I I think we covered just about all the seasons here in the past week. True. So, all right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Okay. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.